Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. start the evening we have the guys from the Chels podcast this will be recorded as live no swearing and will be available tonight to discuss the end of the season and of course all that went on the triumphs and the success and maybe an FA Cup to add to that please welcome to the stage ladies and gentlemen Mr Phil Daniels Kerry Levy Trevor Lard and Gary Hayes and this my ladies and gentlemen is the Chelsea podcast Good evening all. We do all support Chelsea. <laughs> we're real Chelsea, we promise. We've been here, in fact, we've been here since you were that high, haven't you, Phil? Yeah, I've been here since, uh, yeah, in the 60s I came. Before I was born. He's not much higher now. Yeah. No, well, you know, that's the thing. But anyway, this is the Chelsea. Welcome to, to everyone tonight. Um, we feel very privileged to be asked to start everything off. We're going to talk a bit about the season. We'll probably have a little chat about Eddie and that whole thing as well. Um, and what we normally do is just talk about the week that's gone past. So tonight we've got Phil here, of course, myself, Kerry, Gary Hayes from the Bleach Report, Trevor Laird, actor, and uh, hopefully you'll have a few opinions as well, and we may get to hear them if you're loud enough. But uh, I suppose there's, there's no way to start other than Chelsea champions it's just incredible I mean how do we feel it's getting a bit repetitive all that isn't it it will never become repetitive (laughs) you know I I think there is something to be said for winning the title again especially seeing as most of us probably at the beginning of the year would have been happy with uh, fifth place or sixth place perhaps and after the dark days of Liverpool and Arsenal well, here we are at the end of the season as the title winners. And you had your worries, didn't you, Phil, about it? Yeah, I had my worries all, all, all year, really, until it, it all changed. And he went, you know, for this three at the back with the two wing backs. And it started really working. And, uh, you know, he did, he did a great job with um, 
getting Moses to play, getting Alonso to play, and we looked, you know, a fabulous team. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong in thinking that you predicted that Moses would one day become a wing-back? I I thought he'd be be great going up and down the wing for Chelsea. And uh, I I always thought he was a good player. He always looked good in pre-season. And um, he'd always get loaned out. And I thought maybe he just deserved a bit more of a chance. And he got it this year and he took it with both hands, really, or both feet. (laughs) He did take it with both feet. Can I say Moses? You did. You can. It's, it's, Thank you. It's fine. You know, he parted most of the seas in front of him this season. But, I mean, Gary, as the serious journalist, uh, I don't know if any of well, you read Gary's uh, work, but it's very good. And you're very insightful. You, you have a, a theory on most things. What do you think has been the great success of this season under Conte? Obviously, the formation stands out. But then I think it's the fact that he's worked with the same squad where other managers might have failed and I know they spent over 100 million but in, I think in this market and the way inflated prices are that I think that's good value in terms of what they got I know like Batshuayi didn't really play like a 30 million pound player but, but still bringing players like Alonso in who weren't valued in terms of you know he was laughed at when Chelsea signed him and then look at the player he's become Moses was kept getting loaned out by Jose didn't have any you know belief in him and then he turns him into the player he's become you know, even restoring players like Matic, you know, David Luiz coming in, who I know Phil's a big fan of. And he, I've always been a big fan of David Luiz, yeah. But, but was, it, 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 he, was, he was seen as a, a clown and, you know, Gary Neville's uh, analysis of him as a PlayStation player, you know, didn't help. But I think now when you see him, he's a player that's genuinely respected by, you know, the media and his fellow professionals as well. So I think he's got the best out of players that are unfancied. And I think that's what a good coach is all about, isn't it? It's about working Monday to Friday coaching and improving players and I think that you know you, you can talk about the fact that Chelsea weren't in the Champions League this year but Liverpool weren't either and look what Liverpool have done they're still not even guaranteed Champions League football so I think you look at what he's done compared to Jurgen Klopp and you know it, it just goes to show the wisdom in employing him well I think really the best bit about this season is playing park life before the games and uh, <laughs> I think that's what's made Chelsea win the league basically yep I'm getting bored would of you that agree now. with me nope <laughs> see I thought you might see you're helping keep uh, they're helping keep filling beers yeah. do you get a bit bunts for that don't you every time well I like to walk down the aisle as it's on and wave at everybody <laughs> <laughs> mind you when did that song come out uh 95 and it's taken 21 years for, for some of the play get played 22 yeah. years 22 sorry, sorry i don't think uh, Mourinho liked it very much <laughs> it's I strange think, isn't it i think conti likes it though well it does he choose the records <laughs> uh, i don't know but <laughs> it, it's a good choice so it's quite quite he probably likes opera yeah, he probably does. What about you, Trev? How's Me. the season been for you? It's been a very good season. Obviously, we've won the championship and might yet win the double. And uh, that's very important. I think the main, the star of the season has been Mr. Conti himself. If I had to give a thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to start calling him the man with the plan. You know, because... Um, he knew what he was going to do and he was clever enough not to impose it on them straight away you know and then he thought alright we're losing to Arsenal never a good thing some of us old boys can remember that quite a lot and uh, right let's change it and he had all the players there to do it the football in centre back the two boys bombing on you know the laterals as they call them and then the, on the, you know and um, 
Of course, Engolo Kante, two players in one. But do you think that it shows that actually you can be like Man United and spend £250 million and still get nowhere? Or you can go and spend 100 odd million and actually win the title? Now, I'm going to be controversial here. <laughs> I would never, ever say anything against Mr Mourinho. Never. However, Mr Conte is a football coach, whereas Mr Mourinho is a great man manager and a great, you know, getting people going. But when it comes to actually coaching football, I think that takes a bit of time for him. And Mr Conte knew what he wanted, he knew what to say, he knew how to say it, get those guys playing in the way he needed to, you know. I mean, what do you think, Gary? You can well, spend all I, the money you, you like. Can, but I don't think you can stick the boot in on Jose and say he's not a coach because I think that when he first came into to Chelsea, what he did with that squad back then, you know, players like Frank Lampard, John Terry, he, he made them the players that they became. And he, he had such an influence in terms of the way they played the game and you know, the, the system that he was playing at the time. He, he, he did what Conte's done now in terms of he, he changed English football. You know, even Sir Alex Ferguson was saying at the time that the way Mourinho came in and you know Chelsea were so good from the beginning that there was yeah. no time for teams to ease their way into seasons anymore because Chelsea were just ready from the get-go and you, you, know, you speak to players like Terry and Lampard and they talk about his coaching techniques and how advanced they were and everything was about the ball there was, there was no more going for two-mile runs for the sake of it he wasn't flogging the players in the same way but they were feeling fitter and they were feeling more energised than they ever were so I think it's just that maybe time's caught up with Jose and Conte's very much of the times and Obviously, it's helped as well when he's had Monday to Friday to work on what was a fractured squad. And by having that time to work with him, Monday to Friday, he's, he's had you know, proper coaching tra- you know, sessions on the training ground rather than recovery sessions. That's and, true. And, and you, you've seen his methods come across. And you know, to, to compare him to Jose, I think you have to compare him to Jose 2004 and five, And, and that team that Jose had then was arguably better than the team Chelsea got now. So, And what, what, not only that as well, I think that team and the system that he built went on to serve Chelsea right through to when, the, when they won the Champions League in 2012 so I think if Conte can do something like that then you can start looking at him in, in that way but I think at the moment Jose is still the benchmark for what Chelsea managers have to achieve No don't get me wrong I'm not saying I'm not having a go at Miss Serena all I was saying was that I think Conte is a, could see how to change those players into a system whereas Mr Mourinho got great players saw what they were good at and encouraged them to be better at it which is a great skill that he's got he hasn't got the full package up there in Manchester I don't think at the moment you just can't say anything bad about Jose no, when I'm, I, I'm not saying anything bad about right. it I'm saying something good <laughs> about Mr Conte yeah. <laughs> you well, know. what I've really liked about this year is um, the unsung hero really it's kind of that Moses Alonso Gary Cahill have done enormously well this season and you know what are they sort of bit players they have been in the past but, and but, it's but fantastic and that he's brought them on and that you know given them responsibility and I think they thrive on responsibility and not just to make a lazy comparison with with Jose you know 10-12 years ago and now but that's what the essence of that squad was about in 0405 is that we Chelsea signed players that became stars by being at Chelsea and where it started going pear-shaped is when they bought in Shevchenko in 2006 and they started paying big money for big players whereas before they did spend you know for what the market was then 24 million on Drogba was massive money and it was a big risk but Drogba became Drogba by being at Chelsea 
Dr. Robba. Robin became the player that he was with the, the reputation he had by being at Chelsea. Damien Duff did. You know, Joe Cole to a certain degree. Obviously, we mentioned Terry and Lampard. Petr Cech. I know some of those weren't necessarily Mourinho signings, but it's almost like the clubs. I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, but they've gone back to signing players that... You know, you've said so many times, Phil, that it's the sum of its parts, this team. And, and that's what Chelsea were before. They were a team. And then it's gone pear-shaped when they've signed players in the past that were good for the marketing department, but not necessarily the first team. You know, Shevchenko, for instance, Deco in 2009-10. Uh, so was it no, 2008-9 under Scolari when he had that amazing debut against Portsmouth. And then the rest of the time, he was, you know, in the butcher's hook having a good time for the season, you know. And yeah. Fernando it, it, Torres. Yeah, you know. It, <laughs> But it, when, when they sign players that fit in the team, it seems to be best, and they become stars by being Chelsea players rather than the other way around. I don't think that, despite Chelsea being this elite club they are now, that sometimes that elite player doesn't necessarily fit in with the ethos of the club, even though I, I know it contradicts it in that you've got this you know, billionaire owner, but at the same time, what Chelsea is, is a, they've, they've been a team and they, they've contradicted what you expect from them, because when they haven't been Galacticos, that's when they've succeeded. Don't you think that also there has been a certain change in philosophy here as well? That's kind of what you're alluding to in the fact that we are seeing young players get a chance, not in the last two games of the season, but have had a little run around and been out there and done things. I mean, Chalabar, how many games has he played this season? Played nine Nine, this season. Yeah. You know, I mean, that wouldn't have happened for years and years. And actually, it makes me think of, like, Eddie Mack's side. Because that was suddenly a change of philosophy then, and we had to get the young players in and things, people that, that really wouldn't have gone through to play in the Chelsea team three or four years before. So, you know, yeah. there is something going on. And I, I love seeing young players come through. And also, we have to say, you know, the young players that come through, the last great one who really came through was JT. And, you know, personally, I'd like to say thank you to John Terry for everything he's done for us because he's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Tomorrow just be something else when he comes out for the last there's, time. There's going to be a, um, a good presentation in the Shed End as well tomorrow because I was just with um, the We Are The Shed campaign doing some stuff for them because they've got, they did a crowdfunding campaign of they raised two grand to get this banner made and all the rest of it so I was with them just now as they were putting it all out and, and doing a test run so that should be that should be special to see and, and obviously this goes out after, after the game but fans seeing it on TV will see the hard work that's gone in and, and the dedication to, to everything he's achieved Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no. That's that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. So, I mean, this last week has been extraordinary. It's been the culmination of everything that we've been dreaming of and and that dream started quite late in the season but how did you feel the West Brom I mean how many people here were at the West Brom game well done well, you, you weren't you, no you I didn't, didn't get there no. 
Oh, you Sorry. were there? Oh, of course I was. That was your first away game of the season, wasn't it, Gary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big ones. The big oh, ones. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's lucky Andy's not here because he'd tell you what he thinks of that. But uh, the thing is, Andy says he's going to go to all these games and it never does. I remember he was giving it the big one to Phil saying, Phil, I'll take you up to Man United. I'll take you to the cinema before the game. And then it didn't happen, did oh, it? Oh, Andy, Andy Saunders, is this? Yeah. Let's yeah. not talk about a man who's not all here. promises you were, Andy. He's not even and here. Then he's I playing promised cricket. to take him to West Brom and didn't go myself. So there you go. <laughs> but how did you feel after uh, after that game or during that game? Because it didn't feel as I mean, what was it twenty three shots or something? No goals, and then the man who's been sort of forgotten all yeah. season, Mishi Batshuayi, comes on. And he scores. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I could have got a ticket. I know a West Brom supporter. I'd have had to have sat with West Brom. But I didn't go because I was sure Mr. Pulis would make it a nil-nil draw. He'd park as many buses as necessary. So I was there listening to it on the radio and thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watford Monday, that's the one. You know, and then, of course, the fella comes off the bench and, you know, scores the goal. And, of course, I'm happy. But, you know... Well, it was, it was a bit odd because all the moves, all the game, you know, Chelsea were trying, they were passing, they were doing this, doing that, and just couldn't score because of the defence. And as soon as Gary Cale miskicks it, yeah. it goes to someone, they cross it, and he slides it in, a really scrappy yes. goal, yeah. and enough. And I suppose as soon as we scored that, I sort of sat down on the settee, you know, and I was kind of yeah. thinking, we've done it now, but it was hard work. But that was it. For my uh, nerves, it was hard work, I must the, say. And the fact, too, is Batshuayi scoring the goal in this season of all seasons is that I know Chelsea aren't surprise champions in the way Leicester were last year, but they are surprise champions regardless of the squad they've got. And then, you know, a player who you're not expecting much from actually turns up and so sort of met the theme of what the campaign's been has been just like one big shock from beginning to end. And obviously, Batshuayi... You're good at statistics, uh, uh, Gary. Uh, um, what's his stats? I mean, he must have played about three games and scored four well, goals he, or something. He, he scored 66% of his Premier League goals against Watford because he scored, <laughs> he scored three and two of them being against Watford. That's right. Uh, well, you know, I, I like it when things like that happen, when it's the unexpected hero. And we, we, as we were saying earlier, you know, this has been a season of unexpected heroes, you know. I mean, I, I can't quite imagine the team that, that Conte's put together ever existing in anyone's minds at the beginning. And I think that shows the measure of the man. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by a coach with vision, you know. So he's going to find it hard next year, I suppose, because, you know, everybody's expecting and, you know, everybody wants it to buy new players. And it's going to be very hard for them to fit into this side. It's going to be quite a difficult transition for this team, you know, whether he goes and spends something on Morata or a Lukaku coming back. It's quite a difficult one to sort of imagine. I think there's a few more surprises in this squad as well. Is that, you know, obviously Moses was surprised at wing back, at right wing back, and until he made his first league appearance of the season against Watford, everyone had forgotten about Kennedy. And I th- he didn't have a great game against Watford, but I think over time he's got the attributes at least to, to rival Alonso in that position at left wing back. He's got he- lovely hair. Oh, right. Nizar Kinsella before the game was saying uh, he looked like Eminem, like late 90s Eminem, but I think, you know, just seeing him play, it just you just looking. You think, okay, you know, when when Gus came in last year and they started playing him at left back, and he played left back against PSG, and um, 
Di Maria, you know, really found him out. But when he played against Norwich and he scored that goal from, you know, I think the like first two or three minutes, you could see there's something there. And I think he's a player that quite similar sides though, PSG and Norwich. Oh yeah, of course. I know that's what I'm saying. He, he does it against a team you expect him to, but obviously PSG being somewhat different and Chelsea moving forward, they're going to be playing the likes of PSG or teams of that ilk a lot more next year in the Champions League. So it's you know stands to be seen whether you know Kennedy, uh, Kennedy can actually do something against those sides. But I think rotation throughout the year, I think that he's got he's certainly got something that can you know maybe Chelsea don't need to buy another left-sided defender because they've got Kennedy there already that he, he can rotate with Alonso and Alonso plays the big games. But you know I think that there's I still other listening. surprises that you know you got Ake as well whether he's going to remain and have more of a run in the team. You know Loftus Cheek as an attacker still. So there's still surprises to be made, I think, in that squad. So who do we... Who do, who, what are we doing? Who, who do the we want to see us buy this, this summer? Who? Yeah, have you got any names that you think would be great? Not the ones that we all expect, but are there any unexpected I ones? I think they should buy Eddie McCready. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Yep. He's, he's around, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but, I, I mean, I think that Morata's a good player. We need a mobile centre forward. But, yeah, carry on. We, I else? think we need a, a mobile centre forward. Lukaku's a bit of a lump, but he does, you know, that, that Morata's a good player. Alexis Sanchez. J- uh, Sanchez, yeah, that'd be a good buy. The Gooners won't sell him to us, but then he might force I, I think, it. I think Jason Alexis Cundy's well. coming. I he's think Alexis, he's, he's got the ability he's to play across me. the front three. <laughs> so it'd be ideal. So anyway, we're going to get another opinion here as to how this season's panned out. It's Mr. Jason Cundy. So thanks for joining us, Jason. Right, Jason. Take a seat, get yourself Feels comfy. Feels like we're on talk sport. And, um, you know, tell us, what do you think of this season? Have you been surprised, amazed, shocked? Well, I've got to be honest with you. At, at halftime against Arsenal, I did not see us finishing anywhere near the top two or three. I thought the best we could hope for... And when we played Manchester United, I said this on Talk Sport, I felt that both clubs were fighting it out for the very best position was fourth. I felt that, well, I was right about one club. Um, thankfully, I was right uh, wrong about another one, but I did not see this season coming at all. And I just heard Phil talking about how Antonio Conte has turned Victor Moses into a player that we all saw in pre-season, yet went away on loan to Wigan, West Ham, Liverpool... And never really showed. But this season, you can see every time he puts that blue shirt on, he's, he's a different man. Completely a different player. Do you think this is something about Conte, that actually he's going to prove to be a manager of surprises, that perhaps we won't see the big names we've been linked with, him signing in the summer, that actually he's got other ideas? I think what we saw with Alonso is that he gets the man for the job. And it hasn't necessarily got to be Roberto Carlos it can be Alonso and if that's the man that he wants and that's the man that can do the job that he believes is right for that system whether he costs 13 million or 30 million I think he'll go and get him and I think it's about identifying the player for the position Eddie McCready they're not, cheer- they're not cheering you Jason they're not cheering Jason <laughs> well we've got a surprise visitor Eddie McCready Mr Eddie McCready
Thank you, Jason. Hi, Eddie. For those of you listening at home, that was Eddie McCready arriving on stage, and it's, it's wonderful to have you here. Um, do you still keep in touch with Chelsea? Do you watch Chelsea all the time? I never miss a game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's this season been like for you watching? After last season, did you expect it to go like this? I've been very, very impressed with our new coach. Very impressed with the players. I perhaps look at the game a little bit different than some of you. And uh, it seems to me that we have a very good future ahead of us. I really think, I think your new manager knows what he's doing. And the success he's had in just one season is quite remarkable. It really is. So You'd have been a fantastic um, wing-back for Chelsea now. Up and down, you were then. You were attacking. You were attacking fullback back in the day when I used to watch. Yeah, but when I watch them now, it makes me tired to see how much they were. Uh, <laughs> I got pretty tired when I was doing these overlaps. I promise you. I bet. But you've got a, a question. We're going to wrap this up soon because it's time for the Eddie McCready evening to take over from the podcast. But we've just got a quick couple of questions here. So, Eddie, I know we're, we're here celebrating your 76-77 team, but there's one thing that always stood out for me as a young Chelsea fan was that um, the greatest goal that nobody ever saw. And Ron Harris has spoken about this so much, and he says you only scored this because you couldn't see anyone else on the pitch, but it was the 1965 League Cup final against Leicester, and you got the ball from the edge of the Chelsea box, and you ran it, and you, I think you took it round Gordon Banks, and you put it in the net. And I just wondered if you could relive that English goal for goalkeeper, anyone. goalkeeper, Gordon Banks. So c- 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 for, for those, that, well, obviously no one saw the goal. So c- or a lot of people here wouldn't have seen the goal. So can you just relive it from your memory exactly what happened? Wow. Uh, I just remember getting the ball from uh, Peter Benetti. And uh, I was just outside the box, I think, like, you know, probably about 80 yards from their, their goal, like, you know. And uh, I managed to turn it around and I could feel about two or three people chasing me at the back, you know, trying to kick my legs away perhaps, like, you know, but I just kept running and I got to the halfway line and I saw a couple of the defenders there, like, you know, and there was a gap about that much. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie just showed us the size of the gap. I'll do your your gaps for you. There was a small gap of about three yards between the two centre-backs, like, you know, and uh, I knew they were coming to get me, like, you know, so I saw the gap and I thought, i got to get through there, like, if I can get through there, I'm on my way, like, you know, so I just turned on the speed a little bit <laughs> and went through the both of them, but I still had a long way to get to the goal. The funny thing is, Gordon Banks... If he'd have stayed on his line, I probably wouldn't have scored, but he came out to meet me, like, you know, and I managed to just tip the ball with my toe, and it trickled over the line. So uh, 
It was the greatest goal I've ever seen. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Eddie. We're out of time on the Chels podcast. Yes. Um, so we'd like to just say thank you to Gary Hayes. Thank you to Trevor Laird. Thanks to Phil. Thanks from me. Thanks to Jason Cundy. And most of them all, I hope you all enjoy the rest of this very special evening. Thank you very much to Eddie Eddie McCready. This has been The Chills. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.